This is the Win the White House Vote Abroad podcast, connecting people around the world that can vote in U.S. elections, encouraging them to get involved. I'm David Schellenberg. With me again, Rachel Oyster. Hello, Rachel. Hello, David. We are the chair and vice chair for Democrats Abroad in Canada's capital region in beautiful, muggy, hot Ottawa. It sure is. <laughs> At least today. Maybe tomorrow, not so much. And we're talking with our friend Miguel in Costa Rica. Hello, Miguel. Hi, David. Hi, Rachel. It's it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, this is my first live podcast after I after my election. So right. It's, it's always good to be here with you. Yes. Now, uh, Miguel, your last name, just for those of us who can't say, speak in Spanish. My full name is Jose Miguel Madrigal. Right. Mad- Madrigal. Close enough, David. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful name. (laughs) But you're right. We asked you to come talk to us because you won a fairly important election quite decisively. Yes, it's uh, a week after my election. I'm still shocked. Uh, So I, uh, for those of you who aren't acquainted, uh, Democrats abroad hold uh, every four years an election to determine who the delegates will be uh, at the Democratic National Convention. And I this this year I, I decided to put my hat in the ring and I won. And I'm still I still can't believe it. Uh, I I defeated one of people who are very very well known in Democrats abroad. Yeah, me. Chair, you defeated uh, me. <laughs> You you wiped the floor with David. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I I defeated the host of this show. I'm sorry, David. (laughs) It's okay. You did defeat quite a number of people who are very well known in DA. And we haven't even mentioned yet, you defeated 115 competitors. That is correct, 115. But not only from the American continent, but also from Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and as well as Asia Pacific. So, so this this year, the election of the delegates was open for all three regions, and I, uh, I defeated them all. <laughs> so, how did you do it? <laughs> well, so in 2016, I so let, let me get into my. Uh, how I got into Democrats abroad. Yeah, that's a great, great story to start with. Yes. So when I was 12, 12-ish, I was flipping through the channels on a cold December uh, night, <laughs> and, I, and I stopped on, on CNN. And I saw, this was back in 2007, by the way, and I, was, uh, I, I stopped at CNN and I started watching the Democratic debate. And I saw this beautiful, intelligent, well-spoken, very articulate, and very, um, you know, smart person in center stage. Um, and right next to her was there, this uh, also very intelligent, smart, uh, young black man. So it turns out I was watching Hillary Clinton debate the Barack Obama. Wow. And, uh yeah. And as a 12 year old, I had no idea what this was about. And I started listening and I, I, I just fell in love with, with Hillary Clinton and, you know, her policies and what she stands for. So at age 12, I started, you know, getting involved in politics. Um, Wikipedia became my best friend. <laughs> I, everything I learned was through Wikipedia. And um, so I was back in the day, I was in a uh, American high school. Um, 
Lincoln School in here here in Costa Rica. So I got into politics. My uh, my history teachers were fascinating. Were fascinated with having a student who was such involved in politics. And uh, you know, I started learning more, and I um, I fell in love with the Democratic Party. So uh, I really wanted help for the 12, 2012 election, but I couldn't because I was 17 years old. Oh. So, yeah, it, it, it still breaks my heart. But uh, <laughs> so um, I, I, I started I started doing my research. Uh, what can a 17 year old U.S. citizen living in Costa Rica do? Uh, you know, I thought I was, I thought I, there was nothing I could do until I discovered Democrats abroad. I just Googled it and it, it, it and it showed up and, uh, I contacted the chair at the time and she said, Oh, I'm so, we're sorry. We can't take you in yet because you're 17. So uh, call us when you're 18 and we'll gladly help, uh, help you, uh, help us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I had to wait. I waited from November 2012 to all the way to July 2013. And the day I turned 18, which, by the way, is July 4th, <laughs> uh, I was an independence baby. Yes, you uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, that, so the day I turned 18, I went into democratsabroad.org and I joined it. And ever since, I've been very active with Democrats abroad. Um, I was appointed treasurer in 2015 after a vacancy in our executive committee here in Costa Rica. Uh And uh, in 2017, I ran for treasurer in my first full term. And in 2019, I was reelected. So my term is up as treasurer in 2021, next year. Right. So... So that's that's part of my story with Democrats Abroad and how I got in. And, um, well, in 2016, I, I really wanted to go to, to the convention. My childhood hero, Hillary Clinton, was the Democratic nominee. Right. So um, during the, the delegate selection process, I made a huge, huge capital H-U-G-E mistake. Oh, no. Um, no, tell us. <laughs> yes. So, um, so Democrats abroad gives everyone a form you, you can do to uh, to apply to be a delegate. So I really wanted to go, and I, I knew that Bernie won decisively Democrats the Democrats abroad primary in 2016. So I said, well, oh my God, there's too much competition. Oh, I'll just you know what? I'll I'll just sign up as uncommitted, and that was. The Achilles, the, the Achilles heel yeah. of the, this 2016 de- delegate selection process. If you select uncommitted on the form, you're automatically disqualified. Oh, and I didn't. Yeah, oh, didn't know that. So, I, I, me neither. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I went on and I, I thought I was campaigning. And um, when the when the America's regional meeting happened to select the delegates. I was not able to, my name was not on the ballot because I, I screwed up. So it was, it, it was that day I, w- I felt very defeated, very, uh, very bad because I, I, I had no idea. Of course, our chair, Kathy Rothschild also felt very bad. Yes. And from this experience, I learned I, uh, and uh, this time around, I was very, very aware. I, I should not uh, 
mark uncommitted on the on the form. So this year, my, my intention was to, this this year. My intention was to have this uh, candidacy as a test run. You know, I'm just 24 years old. I'm the treasurer of Democrats Abroad Costa Rica. I'm not the, I'm not that well known um, continentally. So, so this I, I thought to myself, okay, this is just a test run. We'll see what happens. I'll just throw my head in the ring and and I'll just I I, I, I won't have any expectations of anything right. other so, than checking the correct box. Exactly. <laughs> but you did, you ran quite a campaign. I mean, of, of everybody who ran, it seems yeah, like I got more emails from your supporters telling me how great you are than anybody else who wanted this position. Plus you were organizing Zoom meetings for people to meet you. You did seem to be everywhere. Yeah, so you can't say you just threw your name, your hat in the ring. Well... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Miguel. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think I think uh, you bo- both of you are right. Uh, but I I I, I, ha- I knew I had an idea who I was run- running against. Very well known people in the Americas. So you know this. I thought that, uh, this like uh, a David versus Goliath um, uh, challenge. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I was running against the chair of Guatemala, who's very well known and very a uh, very likable person. I, I really appreciate John Judy. Uh, I was running against the vice chair of Mexico and I was running against the vice chair, well, sorry, the executive vice chair of um, Canada. And I had no idea Julie existed until the day I was, I was elected. So Julie, if you're, if you're listening to this, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Julie. <laughs> so, so I, I knew that they were, ex- they are extremely, extremely popular in their home countries. And besides Democrats abroad assigns voting weights to each country and mm-hmm. Costa Rica, uh, in total, we had 552 votes in the primary compared to thousands and thousands of votes in Canada and Mexico. So um, I knew the, the, the odds were against me, but as you, you both said, I, I, try, I did my best to get my name out there. I, I contacted people from other Democrats abroad um, country committees and they endorsed me. And, um, you know, part of the, this entire process was learning how to get yourself known out there. Uh, Facebook was a huge help. By the way, you can like my Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Miguel for delegate. So, yeah, I, I did my best. I, I, I didn't expect to win, although, I, uh, to be honest with you, I did expect to, to, go, to qualify to the second round. Um, yeah, we should just stop for those who weren't participating in the convention selections to specify that there were two rounds of voting. In the first one, we narrowed those 116 candidates down to six, and you did place in those top six, as did David. <laughs> yes. I was going to think it was a David versus Miguel, not a David versus Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's the David here? <laughs> That's a great joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in the second round, we chose we the the electors chose you out of those final six. So not to interrupt, but just to clarify for those who aren't familiar with how the process went. 
Are you implying I'm the Goliath? And yes, he did. David? <laughs> yes, he did. He based did. on the amount of emails that I got, you were the Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, go on. You did expect to make it into the six. You did not expect to be the ultimate Victor. Exactly. So I was surprised, and sorry, David, but I, I was surprised people were just talking up the cuff during their speech. This is a speech. This is not like a fireside chat. Um, sorry, David, but, but you know. <laughs> I did not expect to make it into the second round. And then I was the first one to speak in the second round. And I, so yeah. I had all of maybe 20 seconds. And Which I was. You spent putting on a clean shirt. Yes, because I, all of a sudden I got told, all right, now turn your camera on and say something. And my first thought was, I can't turn my camera on because I am not dressed in any way appropriate for a Democrats abroad <laughs> meeting. <laughs> But anyway, yes, sorry. it's true. Most people spoke off the cuff, and you had clearly prepared. Yes. Uh, to be, uh, just to confess, I did write that speech at four in the morning. Wow. Um, that, that day. Uh, the, the meeting started at 9 a.m. Costa Rica time, and I, uh, no, I couldn't sleep the night before. I, I couldn't sleep. So I, I kept wondering, what if I qualify? What if, I, what if this? What if this? What if that? So... Instead of sleeping, I woke up and I went into my computer and I started writing a, a, a speech just in case because I couldn't, I, my conscience would not let me continue sleeping because I, I, what if I did qualify? And, I, uh, and whenever I'm you know, nervous and stuff, I, I start stuttering and that's not good. That's not a good optics for the future delegate. Mm -hmm. so, so I... I woke up at four. I wrote the speech. I practiced it like a gazillion times, and I made and I made sure it was two, exactly two minutes long, and um, and I, I I honestly was very surprised seeing you know all these important people, including David. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, talking off the cuff. And uh, so I, I, I was very proud of, of, of having some prepared remark before, uh, before talking. Well, basically, it was a no stone unturned strategy, and you just executed it brilliantly from start to finish. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I, I do want to ask David if, if he did something. You know, David was my, my, was my rival. Did you, I'm not supposed to be the host of this, this meeting, but no, I just no. want to ask. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> David, um, did you, did you actively campaign? Did you have some, I know you didn't have a prepared speech, but um, did you, you know, what did you do to convince your fellow electors? Nothing. I did absolutely nothing. So the fact that I made it into the second round was a shock to me because I have a tendency to just sort of sign up for things and then wait and see what happens. And, and a, a lot of the reason that I signed up for that one was just to kind of stay in the loop on what was going on. And then all of a sudden I made it into the second round. So yeah, I, I had no intention of making the second round. I have no idea that anybody even noticed my name on the list. So I'll tell you, Miguel, what David's advantages are. He's, <laughs> he's a popular guy. He's very active in DA Canada. A lot of people across Canada know him. 
He's obviously co-host of this podcast, and a lot of people have been listening to it, especially in Canada. So I think that gave him some instant visibility combined with what you mentioned earlier, the fact that Canada's voting weight was pretty high. Um, So even those who hadn't gotten an email saying, hi, I'm David Schellenberg, I'm your best candidate, know who he is, know what he can contribute, and clearly felt comfortable ranking him among their first top six. Well, I think part of the trouble is when there is so many delegates, you you go down the list and you look for a familiar name. Whether mm-hmm. or not that's the best name becomes irrelevant. But but I, 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 if anything, I was kind of critical about this the way it was done and that there was so many names. And, and like you've got to wonder if there has to be something better than just all these names on a big, long list. But I think that's the point of the ranked choice voting in the first round. Yes, and when you look at the six who placed, they included every one of those rivals that Miguel mentioned. You know, every people who have made enormous contributions to DA, who are you know known quantities in what they can bring to the delegation. So it that that first filter kind of made a lot of sense. So Plus, Miguel, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just think so. It is May twenty sixth as we record this. The convention is happening sometime in. August. And I guess the question for you, Miguel, is what, have you heard anything? Are you actually going to Milwaukee? I'm going all the way, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not to imply you are an actual baby. I know you're an adult, but (laughs) okay, just just joking. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So for those of, for those who weren't at the, at the meeting to choose the delegates, Rachel and David made this amazing super funny donkey interview and when 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 that was shown i i just i just couldn't help laughing it was it's so so good uh i don't know if it's on youtube or anything but you should you should definitely upload it it's we'll, really we'll put really it funny somewhere where people can can listen to it right now it's lost in the bowels of the proceedings of the convention but yeah go ahead yeah so um so so from what i understand the party is is firm in having a, some sort of in-person meeting. Now, the question will be how this will take place. Right. Now, I, I think it would be very irresponsible for the party to have uh, some sort of uh, convention with where 4,000 people or more than 4,000 people. You know, the press will be there. The speakers will be there. So there, there will be about 4,000 del- 4, delegates. Um so imagine a jam-packed arena with I don't know eight thousand people and have no social distancing. Yeah. So I I think the party will will have to modify its rules or or move the convention elsewhere. Uh, I have heard a rumor out there that they they might be moving this from the preserve forum where the Milwaukee Bucks play and they'll move it to the Milwaukee Brewers stadium and have a one day event instead of a four day event. But, but that has not been confirmed by the party and we'll see what happens. But as of right now, I have not bought my uh, plane tickets to Milwaukee and um, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens. But I, I, I really do want to be there in person. So let's talk a little bit about what you bring to the convention. You are, I think you and I determined the youngest member you are uh, one of your qualifications you didn't mention i think you're the vice chair of da's hispanic caucus um and you were a committed biden delegate so what are you contributing to democrats abroad's positions 
So part of the things, uh, oh, by the way, uh, I just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to the Hispanic caucus. I am the vice chair of the Hispanic caucus. Yeah. And this, this delegation, this Democrats abroad delegation that will be attending Milwaukee will be the most Hispanic delegation ever. Um, so, uh, the other delegates that were elected in the other region, uh, EMEA, um, Four out of the not four out of the sorry um, four out of the six delegates from EMEA, the EMEA region, um, are Hispanic. So plus me, that makes us a, a lot. Uh, and b- besides, I think I think one of our DNC members is also Hispanic. So, so we will have a, a, a very good chunk of the delegation. So um, yes, I am Hispanic. Um, both of my parents are Costa Rican. My dad was getting his um, master's and PhD at the Ohio State University. I was born during his master's, and uh, yeah, uh, and um, I live in, in Columbus, Ohio, for the first six years of my life. When he graduated uh, um, Ohio State in the year two thousand one, uh, he had a contract with the Central Bank of Costa Rica. And uh, he had to comply. Um, the bank paid for his for his uh, graduate studies. So, so I've been living here since I'm a six year old boy. So I'm basically uh, a tico gringo, if you uh, as you would say in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I do bring a different perspective. Most of the most of the members of Democrats abroad, at least in Costa Rica, are overwhelmingly older and overwhelmingly white. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm proud to say that I, I'm part of uh, 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 the most Hispanic delegation uh, of Democrats brought to the convention. So I am Hispanic. I'm young. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I will be the youngest delegate from this, this delegation. And, um, you know, I bring a bit different perspective. Most people think that uh, just because of my age, I'm, they automatically assume I'm a Bernie supporter, which I am not. Uh, I, I do appreciate Bernie Sanders and his ideas to the party, but, but you know, but I'll, I'll just dive into this electability argument that I, I, I honestly think Joe Biden is more electable than uh, Bernie Sanders, and I, I supported him, um, and I, I'm proud to say I will be voting for him this November. Uh, we need someone who can beat Trump, and uh, I think Joe Biden has a middle class appeal. Um, he's good old good old Uncle Joe, and uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he has the experience, he has the knowledge, he has the the contacts in Washington. So, so I think he'll be a very good president. Um, so yeah, most most people think young people are automatically. Uh, Bernie supporters, and I'm not. I have to remind people that um, the party is much bigger than the left wing. Uh, I consider myself a progressive, um, but not as progressive as Bernie. I'm I'm sort of uh, like in the middle of the Democratic Party, not to not to left, not to right, just in the just in the Democratic middle. Right. Um, so yeah, so- that, that's part of the reasons. Uh, that's what I bring to the party. To the delegation. Well, and a bit interconnected Wonderful. along with that is is sometimes one of the biggest problems is getting younger people to actually get out and vote. Do, do you find that uh, there's there's U.S. politics, but there's also just politics in Costa Rica? Like, do people have a hard time getting engaged in your country? 
Oh, uh, now that you mention it, today is a historic day in Costa Rica. Today, uh, gay marriage is officially legal in Costa Rica. So uh, I wanted to say uh, to uh, uh, announce that here on this podcast. So Costa wow. Rica will be. Yeah, uh, Costa Rica will be the 29th nation worldwide to to legalize uh, marriages between people of the same gender. Right, that's fantastic. Yes. So, engaging youth uh, in Costa Rica, so, how do, how do you do it? So it, 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 it's a hard thing to do because of the uh, expat demographics. Um, most people who live in Costa Rica, most expats who live in Costa Rica are retired and white. So um, what I've done is I've gone to uh, to colleges and universities here in Costa Rica and look for exchange programs. And I, I try to meet the exchange students who are down here. Uh, and I, the first thing I ask them is, will you be in Costa Rica on election day? Mm-hmm. If they say, if they say yes, I, I happily uh, hand out an FPCA form and they fill it out and, I, and um, they send it back to their home state. And if they're not, I encourage, I, I encourage them to attend one of our Democrats Abroad meetings here in Costa Rica. So uh, I know that, that um, it's hard. It, it, it's a very hard job finding young U.S. citizens in Costa Rica because, because most people my age um, are, are either working back in the States or they are in college in the States, you know, right. getting their bachelor's or their master's or whatever. So it, it's a hard job to find young people uh, in young U S citizens outside of the United States at this uh, point in their life. But, but there, let me remind people, there are people out there. There are university programs out there. There are, uh, you know, not only university programs, but you also have the Peace Corps. You have um, many other programs that, that, that uh, bring uh, Americans, young Americans, to uh, outside the United States. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is hard, but but I, I do my best efforts to, to bring them out. Um, and y- the other question I thought you asked is: is the average Costa Rican politically active? And well, to to be honest, I don't. I, I'm not. I don't think so. Right. Um, they, they 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 just vote in elections here in Costa Rica, but but they they're not as politically active as in the u.s you know right. um so voter turnout would be similarly low or lower i, I think it would be a, a very similar mm-hmm. uh you know coaster you know if if we you know there is no um party affiliation like in the states because in mm-hmm. the states you have this two-party system people either identify as a republican or as a democrat um but in Costa Rica, our two-party system broke down like uh, like ten years ago. So we have a multi-party system. There is no sense of uh, you know party loyalty. Right. So I, I think that bring, that contributes to uh, 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 low participation numbers in Costa Rican elections. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it becomes their uh, an individual get out the can- get out the vote campaign as opposed to a party get out the vote campaign. Exactly. Yes. 
So coming back to one of David's earlier questions, getting out young people, do you have thoughts about that as it applies to the campaign as a whole across the U.S.? How do we get, especially if we, you know, I mean, it looks like Biden is going to be our nominee and does he appeal to young people and how can we help them see the benefits of a Biden presidency? So that is a very good question. I've, uh, uh, I sometimes go to sleep thinking, oh my God, uh, how can we, because I, I've talked to many other young people uh, from the States and most of them are Bernie supporters. So how do mm-hmm. we bring Bernie over to the, right. to the, to the Biden campaign? So one of the things I've been thinking about is, uh, you know, making Bernie uh, the main, one of the main surrogates for the, for the Biden campaign. You know, mm-hmm. we, um, if we successfully integrate Bernie's ideas and, you know, perhaps Bernie himself somewhere or another as a cabinet post or something, uh, you know, that will excite young people. Um, I have no doubt Bernie will be, uh, well, he is an excellent senator, but he also will be, you know, if if appointed as Treasury Secretary or or uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, he'll do an excellent job there. So right. Biden has to tout Bernie as one of his main surrogates um, and tout his endorsement. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things we as delegates do at the convention is is uh, approve or amend the platform, and I think. Uh, if we integrate uh, most of Bernie's ideas into Biden's platform uh, con- come convention time, and we make sure this is the most progressive uh, platform in U.S. history, <laughs> we can bring those people over. Uh, we just have to make sure that certain points are integrated into uh, the platform. And I think uh, as a delegate, I, I, I will have to read uh, what's, what's out there. And uh, I will be approving or amending the platform depending on the plank. Yes, I think you will have some help with the DA platform because it is apparently one of the most, it may actually be the most progressive of the 57 state entities who will be contributing their platforms to the DNC platform. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, to bring out young people, you have to energize them. And the only way is, you know, by making sure uh, we, we appeal to those voters by having progressive policy ideas on the platform. So Miguel, just tell us, how did it feel to win? So I think uh, May 17 will go out as one of the most, I think the happiest day of my life. Oh. Uh, I was, I did not expect to win at all. And when, you know, I got a text message from one of the people from Democrats abroad, Costa Rica said, Miguel, you won. I you know the results had, hadn't, haven't been published yet. So I said, what, what is he talking about? Oh, and you then, had advance uh, notice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and I was and, in the dark uh, room as a ballot counter, so I, I knew, but I, I didn't know that the results had leaked. Oh, dear. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> but go ahead. So, yeah. So, so I, 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 I thought, oh, this, this, you know, this guy, he's, he's out of his mind. You're, you're crazy. Uh, that's not true. You know, that, that's what I kept telling myself. And then, when Steve Nardi published the result, I I, I I could not believe that my name was on that screen. So I turn on my mic, I turn off my mic, and I started crying. <laughs> As a, yeah. So um, my mom wasn't, wasn't home at the time, so I called her, and she was uh, very uh, 
she was afraid. Oh, what, what happened? Are you okay? And I, 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 you know, sobbing, I told her, Mom, I won. I can't believe it. And she congratulated me. And um, then I immediately called Kathy Rothschild, our chair, and she basically said, Miguel, congrats. I need to hung- hang up because I'm in the Bernie room. So she hang up. She hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but then, but after, after the fact, uh, uh, she, did, she, she did congratulate me and she said she was very proud. But at the moment I called her, she was busy. She was also voting on who the Bernie delegate would be. So um, then... Uh, when I was asked to, to speak, I, I did not, I had not prepared a, uh, a, a victory speech. So I just, I, I, I just talked out the cuff and uh, I, I, this was, I think this is the closest thing to winning an Oscar <laughs> I'll ever be. Yeah, I remember you said that. It was lovely. <laughs> I think you're going to win more elections yet, Miguel. I think so too. Congratulations Bigger in ones. advance. I think I think my, uh, this is the first time a, a member from Democrats abroad Costa Rica will be at the at the convention, if I'm not mistaken. History yep. making. History making. <laughs> History making. Yeah. So, congratulations. Thank you so much, both of you. So thank and you. Sorry. So- sorry yeah, for defeating you. Sorry. Sorry for <laughs> defeating you, David. <laughs> I'll get over it. Permanently bruised. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just try to get elected for something else. It'll be fine. <laughs> You've won an election or two in your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Miguel. This was the Win the White House podcast. I'm Rachel Oyster with David Schellenberg, recording in Ottawa, Ontario, having been talking to Miguel in Costa Rica. And tune in for another podcast coming to you soon. So Miguel wanted to try. What were you going to say? Sure. Okay, I'll try. Uh, This was Win the White House. Sorry, I'll I'll try again. (laughs) This was Win the White House podcast with Rachel Oyster, David Schellenberg, and Jose Miguel Madrigal. See you next time. Goodbye. That's better than mine. Yeah, that was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you know, I could be part of the. I could be part of the the crew now. I guess. (laughs) Indeed. You've got as much qualifications as we do. (laughs) <laughs> to be making this podcast. Yes.